Eric Oldman. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. In each episode, I connect with musicians, artists, and industry people who are involved with Chicago's underground and independent music scene. The show is really a conversation about our creative processes, our hopes, our dreams, and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city. Our guest for this episode is Nora Marks, and we are going to be uh, previewing a bunch of new tracks off of their upcoming release, Opt Out, which will be released on Take a Hike Records. Uh, the band's been kicking around for the last three years or so, and uh, just kind of putting out some demos and some EPs by themselves, uh, totally DIY style, but they've upped their game. Uh, they've been working with Cat and Tony from Broken robots at their studio to get this out there and uh we're gonna talk all about that tonight in the studio now we have michael the lead vocalist and guitarist uh, robbie the other guitar player and matt who is the bassist for nora marks and uh, welcome gentlemen let's um kick this off with kind of a question that's been in the back of my head who is nora marks uh Normarks, what? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yes, yeah, she was uh, like a writer, an author, and then like a journalist um, who grew up or was born in or had some sort of uh, connection to my brother Matthew and I's hometown in Rensselaer, Indiana. Um, and then eventually ended up moving to Chicago. You know, she would like married someone and moved up here and worked for the Tribune, uh, wrote some. I guess YA novels that that wasn't really a thing probably in like the early 1900s but like yeah. that was sort of what she did um, so yeah we were looking for like a band name uh, Matt my brother Matt Robbie and I were in a band together uh, that kind of just sort of like disbanded or slowly fell apart and then Matthew and I the best name ever which was a cool name Caver yeah it was a good name <laughs> all caps um, yeah. <laughs> and then it sort of fell apart uh, and then Matthew and I just started kind of like writing like pop punk songs together. Um, okay. And we needed a name to, to put it out under, and that's what he found because we were sort of looking for something that would like combine. I don't know. We wanted the name to be like dynamic, you know, and 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 I feel like this name is is interesting because it sort of combines like a really feminine name and Nora, feminine Irish name. We're Irish, so that that helps too. And then and then Marks, right. you know, is this kind of like aggressive, sort of like harsh name, and it sort of puts them together, which is what we were trying to do with the music. So when he found that, it really clicked for us, um, and it felt cool to sort of... So, so Nora Marks was not the name of the uh, writer I was mentioning. Her name was Eleanor Stackhouse Atkinson. It was uh, an then, alias. Yeah, yeah, so it was like her pen name. So it was kind of right. cool. I, I like comic books, and uh, so it was kind of right. cool to, to be like, you know... Have a literary reference. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, and then like when someone picks up and like they become the superhero for a while or, or, uh, or permanently. So it was kind of like that idea of like, we're doing the same kind of thing as her, so... Picking up the name, carrying it on, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the phonetic device of kind of soft and flowy and marks. Yep, right yeah, there. Yeah. That's a good, nice good letters, yeah. Good, <laughs> like good letters, yeah, yeah. Good consonants. <laughs> exactly. Nice yeah. kick sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listening to kind of your canon of work, there's the EP you put out in 2018. Yep. Um, you guys have been kind of self-producing stuff, and uh, it really is. It's punk, man. Like I, I get That's that. Cool. It, yeah. It's there. It's like. That's about as punk as punk as gets, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really, I mean, I mean that in a compliment. Like it's yeah. it's raw, it's very DIY, you know. It's got that like just this rawness to it, and just the the songs come through. And then I, I heard what you just released with uh, the Epiphany tune, and um, yeah, wow. I mean, step. You guys have taken a step forward with that. Obviously, there's intentional production now. Um, so the idea bef- of what production is <laughs> <laughs> that helps too. <laughs> how, how, so how did you guys get, get get in touch with Broken Robots? Um, the internet helps with that kind of stuff. We connected with them. Or, you know, we like I bef- I befriended them. I don't know what everyone else's relationship with them was before, but I like befriended them on the internet, and okay. we started like following each other's bands. And they they're very good at they know how to use like social media well in a way that's like tactful and promotional. Not right. over the top. You don't get too much of, uh, you know, they, they do a good They're job. They're not spamming you with yes, everything. exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. They keep themselves kind of distant from it. They curate stuff, yeah. And so I just followed them, and I was just, you know, they would put out a single every six months or so, and I was just like, hey, these are all bangers. These are all so good. And then yeah. um, 
So eventually we were playing a show on Leap Day of 2020. Okay. Uh, precarious right time to play a show. Right yes. before Yeah, I mean, yeah. The well, the opener oh, of that show, Casey Weldon, she she was sick. And, like, you know, she obviously took the smart precautions to, like, drop off the show kind of. Right. Um, and good thing she did. Yeah, I mean, because who wouldn't? Who knows? I, I don't know. Actually, I haven't really connected with her since then, so I don't know if she had COVID at the time or if she was just sick. But, yeah, um, very precarious time to play a show in hindsight, yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so we needed... We'd been kind of doing these shows, and you guys can speak to this more if you want, but at, at the Tonic Room specifically, we, this was our third show we'd done there, yeah. uh, our third headlining show, and it was like a Tuesday night, a Friday night, and this was like our big Saturday night show right. on Leap Day. Um, so we just wanted to, and we'd been kind of putting together these bills that were like a little bit more eclectic and a little bit more based in like um, just find ways to bring a new audience out because yeah. we wanted different people to see us and kind of see us in a way... Um, that was maybe not, you know, to speak to what you were saying about the recordings, it was like a little bit different. Because I think what we were doing live was a little bit different than what we put out recorded. So, okay. um, so yeah, they were the first band I reached out to to just see if they wanted to kind of... Because they were so different from what I could imagine us doing other than going into like a purely like different genre. You know what I mean? They, they were kind of the closest rock thing I could think. Mm -hmm. uh, or like the furthest sort of rock thing I could think of. Um, yeah, so that we asked them and then they just stayed in touch with us. And... They just seemed to like watching us play. I mean, they got to see us literally at our best when we had the biggest crowd we've ever had. Well, not the biggest crowd we've ever had, but the biggest crowd we've ever had for us, <laughs> you know, that we're, okay. where we were opening the show. And, like... They've watched you guys kind of come up. Exactly, and, and yeah. They got to see us, bit. and they got to see us at our peak of playing, and it was our third... Not our third show with Matt, but it was, like, what, our sixth show Probably with you? Probably sixth so show, yeah. yeah. I was... It was a... Uh, we need someone to play bass for X show. This was probably right. 2018. Was I was friends with Matt, the drummer. Okay. We knew each other from the bar that I worked at and that he frequented. Okay. And we had similar interests and we had jammed together once or twice. And I had met these guys once or twice. And then it was just like, hey, man, I know that you can play guitar. I know you can play bass. Do you maybe want to learn these songs? It's three weeks out. Let me know. And I'm, it was a, a hard yes. And being a big fan of that movie, That Thing You Do, I just assumed it would be something similar to that but yeah. we played a couple times and not the great greatest start i had yeah, I, I had i had tabs on stage <laughs> the very very first show at tonic room nothing wrong with that but it it right. it escalated exponentially yeah. quick right. and then and now here we are yeah so they got to just see us at our peak and then they just started reaching out you know kind of during the pandemic and then um once we had kind of like written for a while and we knew we wanted to record like a serious album, we had done some self-recording yeah. December and like January of yes. 2020, 2021. That's how you and I met. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it was like we were happy at the time and then we kind of like got a little distance from it. We we're like, yeah, we could have done this better. Uh -huh. So then, yeah, they, they just kept in touch and it was just uh, the timing worked out for everybody and, and they kind of needed to be done with an album right around the time we wanted to be done with the album because uh, my second son was being born in late May and they had their EP coming out in early June. So really it was just like the timing worked out and their general enthusiasm. I mean, maybe you guys can speak to it. No, I mean, yeah, yeah they, they were very collaborative in the whole effort. Yeah. Um, they wanted to make us sound better. They had like heard our DIY efforts and been like, there's something there. Let us help, let us help okay. you unearth it. Oh, that's cool. So... It wasn't uh, like you guys just fell in love with them, like, oh, we have to just work with them as, like, for production. Like, they were kind of, like, dropping hints and, like, hey, let us help you kind of. I well, mean, I, I even liked, the, like, yeah. to go back to the show, like, the vibe that they brought. You know, we at the time we were talking about, like, oh, should we have, like, a pre-show like a pre -show playlist to get people? And, and like, right. fuck that. Like, <laughs> they did it. Yeah. And right. we, we were very, like, just, like, taken by them. And their production is really good. It and, is. And it's yeah. very, like bass and drum heavy and with Matt and the band we kind of wanted to like and that was kind of like what we had never quite gotten we never got everything anything to sound like quite as heavy or as like yeah. impactful as we wanted it to so yeah it punches yeah so we we kind of felt like they had that exact sort they, of resume they could bring yeah. that out exactly and they did <laughs> night and day difference too yeah. I mean that's yeah I've been listening to that and then um just talking about that particular track I know there's some other ones we'll, we'll be playing throughout the course of the episode and talking about as well um so the whole trope and the idea of the epiphany that I've had before, it's not a 
common thread, especially with pop punk. It's like pop punk is what? Pizza, grills, and food. <laughs> Which are all important. Those are all important food groups, right? Pepperoni. However. Right? Um, that's, that's all part of life and, you know, kind of. But what, what struck me on that is like, all right, so there, there's a little bit of maturity going on, obviously. And then the video trick of the loop, the, the scene behind that. Um, but what kind of insp- what, what, what was the thing that inspired that song to come about? Um, that's not like a pandemic song. That's no, like, yeah, that, yeah. That's like a. I think this whole album was pretty much written pre-pandemic. Okay, yeah, we had it almost. Yeah. All so what we right, yeah. what we really did during the pandemic was fine tune it. I think that yeah. was. So it was like, I remember it very specifically the origin of this because I always try to hop on the drums at practice and they always hate it when I do. Huh. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good drummer, but I don't no, you're I, not. <laughs> So I remember I did that. Is this like a, a sort of a subconscious sibling rivalry <laughs> Maybe, yeah. thing? Right, yeah. Uh, so I was doing that, and my brother was playing guitar, which he d- rarely does. Right. And he played sort of like a simple three-chord progression. And I don't remember why, but I was like kind of fixated on it, and I decided to try and write a song out of it. And um, I was playing these two acoustic shows at the Pilsen Art House and then at JJ's Diner, The Breakfast, like 13-hour yeah. <laughs> acoustic living room show the next day. And I, I had this kind of goal, because uh, I'd seen someone else say it on the internet, that they were going to try and write a, a new song before like a show. And I was like, I'm going to do that. So that was sort of what came out. The epiphany I had before idea was just, um, and that was the idea. Like I, right. So I had that thought. <laughs> so I must have been, right. you know, whatever. I was like, like going for a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was right. just like, okay, yeah, this is like, I can maybe write around that. And then, so the rest of the song just fell into place, which is sort of what I've started to realize is maybe like the best way to write in terms of like, you just come up with like one concept and then build from there. So that was kind of where that that came from. Um, what I was doing, I can't tell you. You know what I mean? I was probably doing something uh, that was a waste of my time or that was like, uh, you know, Dinner before kind of thing. <laughs> exactly non-productive. And I was like, I yeah. should stop doing this. This is a waste of my time, or this is making me feel shitty. And then uh, right. being like, oh, I've thought this a thousand times. So yeah, I don't remember what the exact action was, but. Uh, I do remember having the epiphany and writing it down and kind of building the song from there. Yeah, the idea is like super cool. Like I said, I, I rarely hear that. I mean, not really in many genres that that idea of like, I mean, deja vu is just not a popular concept. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a snarky or sarcastic way. It's just, uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, you can look at it as like a passing of time or you're getting starting to realize your mortality or your age of like, hey, I'm growing up, or whatever it is, uh, just station in life kind of stuff. So right. it's, a, it's a cool tune. I like it. Cool. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think it's like starting a band when you're like, what were we, like 28? 26, 27, yeah. Nah, we were a little older than that, weren't we? <laughs> I guess it depends on which band you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> yeah. Nora Marks started when we were like 28. 28, basically, yeah. So, like, you're coming into, like, starting a punk band in your almost 30 yeah yeah and you're like hey, yeah pizza and girls that's not what i want to sing about right. there, there's more not my life right? there's more subversive not subversive but the in-depth shit that we can talk about that's yeah universally relatable and uh i i, I that's that's part of the reason that yeah i like this song so much i yeah, you know, I spent so much time just learning the guitar part, and then you can finally hear the lyrics when like we're recording it, and I'm like, oh, that's what this song's about? <laughs> Holy shit! So sorry, just no, to that, let you that, know that. That feels very good. So yeah, <laughs> that's you. cool. All right, let's take a break and uh, have a listen to "Epiphany I've Had Before" by Nora Marks. <laughs> Like two weeks, no. 
I know some of the words to some of our songs. <laughs> That's good. As the bass player, it's, it's about the foundation. You know, I'm really concerned about some specific things. But when I do need to sing in the parts I need to sing, you I know your lines. Oh, I know them. I, I know. I know that very well. But <laughs> I have listened to all of these songs a thousand times, so yeah. I know them now, yeah, yeah. which is great because just in case you never know if I need to sing, but. I, these two guys are right here. They're ready for it. I got, yeah, it's <laughs> Just in case. All right, that's cool. Um, you wanted to go all in with this album of like, all right, let's get this. Have somebody else do the production. Let's go full studio. Um, was it more of a? I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing this stuff myself, and like, we well, want we want something, or we want something to it, show for it. Or is it, it wasn't easy in the space that we were at. And okay. even though we had the right equipment yeah. and some know-how. So you were rehearsing at your rehearsal space. You yeah, were recording. Yeah, and, it's, and it was not. That is not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> and there's, you know, it's a, it, a fine for a practice space. It's not a recording yeah, studio. You can't record, no. Yeah. We had the right equipment, but also we knew what we wanted to do. It just was not, you know, we, we didn't, we did our best. We did our yeah, best. Oh yeah. And I think we and did it, a pretty good job for what we all know and our collaborative efforts. And it's punk. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I, I, I agree. Thank it, you. It, it, Thank it, you. It, it is one hundred percent punk. I mean, yeah. DIY ethic. I mean, it's balls across the nose energy. <laughs> like even even the picture on the front was was Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt As took just, that with my phone. We, yeah, we, we just and, yeah. yeah. So it's it's just did that at our space. Yeah, everything we did was just like we have the space. We need to utilize it. it. This is what you we're doing. Did it. We yeah. have to make the most of this. Yeah. But I, I think there's something to be said for that objectivity of like having outside producer people come in and outside engineers. You don't have that. That's like a burden off of your shoulders. Have Absolutely. to worry oh, about God. Mike. Because <laughs> hey, all, yeah. all we where's do, that, where's that hum yeah. coming from? That's me. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 Robbie, you're out of we, tune. You know, we have, any of that stuff. You uh, know? I think, and again, I'm again because I'm the newest of the band. I think right. the most common, the most common comment was like, "Hey, your songs are really good. They're just not coming through yeah. with the quality that you're producing." And we were like, "Okay, that's good constructive criticism and a good compliment." I think because yeah. like, yeah, our songs are. Good and original. raw material, yeah. Exactly. Right. So if we know that we can elevate ourselves to a higher plane, then right. why wouldn't we take that opportunity? Especially if someone that we've worked with and yeah. that already likes us just as guys they're, and like they're a little bit on the inside with mm -hmm. you guys. They understand right. you already. Right. right. And yeah. that that was like that's super encouraging and super that's like that's that's really nice to hear. Yeah, yeah maybe like an important footnote with Broken Robots too is there was a point when they put that song Mockingbird out during the pandemic where I that was sort of when I felt like we kind of I got them on like a different level deep, deeper level yeah yeah where then I then I kind of trusted them um, more than just with sound too with just like the the embodiment or sort of the the vibe of the record too um, I think you're gonna say something though Robbie sorry oh <laughs> oh well then yeah as far as going all in dude it was just fun to um yes being you hit the nail on the head I mean like not having to set anything up just go in and, and being a performer you can just focus on your music. Exactly, yeah. Right. And and they had so many cool ideas, you know, and, like, they taught us, I mean, at least taught me, I feel like, so much about, like, because I've never really, like, playing guitar is sort of like a vehicle for just being, like, a songwriter and a singer. Right. So Tony had so many cool ideas, you know, like an epiphany. He's the one that throws in those uh, pinch harmonics, you know. Right. Um, so that kind of stuff where I, I would have never thought to do that on my own. And, and, and him kind of, like, Walking us, one of my favorite days of recording, I was mostly there by myself doing rhythm guitars, and it was when we recorded I Think You Earned It, and it was like, I mean, there's like seven or eight layers of guitars, not all at once, but oh, yeah. throughout the course of that song, and it's just like the, how fun that was to just like try new stuff, get new tones, play the same thing but with a new tone, play a different thing, you know, on the acoustic guitar through a, through a pedal. It, it just changed like the whole kind of vibe of the song, but in, in a way where like it didn't really didn't really change it. It really kind of brought it out. It like broke yeah. apart sort of the shit you around start, it, you know. You start seeing studio time is almost like it's its own canvas. Yes, And like absolutely. you're, you're yes, able exactly. with these different tracks, like you're saying, you had seven different guitar tracks going on. Um, so they were able to bring in these different shades and these different um, 
textures and all that mm-hmm. that you're able to lay in the top that really transform the song. And to you're getting back to Matt's point, having it come out or having it. A good coach yeah. will get that out of you. Absolutely. Because you're capable of it. Right. And they're able to. Yeah, yeah. They can do that. And, they, and, and, and Tony and Kat did exactly that. Like, that's right. why we felt like this was really produced. They did a great job of bringing that out of us and then intersplicing it with what if we tried X? Yeah. How would you feel about this? And right, we were like, right. oh, this is even better than I could have imagined. Right. And, and that is just like, what an enlightening experience for that, right. for that to be a thing, you know? So let's talk about your new track that you're releasing this week, I Think You've Earned It. Tell me the background behind this one. Uh, the actual background of that track is, this was a couple of years ago, probably now, because it was two, two places of living to go, uh, where I was, <laughs> two apartments ago. <laughs> I was hanging out with my wife. It was probably like a Sunday or Saturday night and I was high. And I remember being, I was like sitting kind of upside down on the right. bed. This is before we had kids. So, uh, right. <laughs> when you could do those kinds of <laughs> disclaimer. And There's I just had, I had that little melody and yeah. that, that idea, I think you earned it and it pop into my head. And, right. and that was just another situation where it was a couple of weeks of pounding out I liked the idea of doing that thing, which I don't even do really on the recorded track or live anymore, but initially it was playing uh, an E major and then kind of opening up to add the A, uh, the second string or the fifth string A. Um, and so it was kind of like a little bit different than something we'd done. And then, yeah, it was just a, a couple of weeks of pounding out melodies and lyrics until I kind of got everything right. And it, they were a little bit different. Uh, for a while, uh, at one point, the song had the word "masturbate" in it, which I removed uh, <laughs> to keep it <laughs> to keep it PG. Uh, but yeah, it was like um, that was sort of the concept, and then I kind of worked out, you know, the lyrics and the ideas over time. But we didn't start playing that as a band until did we, have we played that live? Yeah, we played it live for that one G-Man show, just once. So, so just we, that we, we didn't play it at Tonic. We didn't play it. Yeah, okay. So we, we just played, played it live that one time at that G-Man. one yeah, yeah. show that we played. Yeah, <laughs> and, Blind Adam Avenues yeah. and uh, was, the show, they were great. We were shitty at that. Yeah, show. We were shitty. Yeah, everyone else was great. <laughs> to be we clear, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that I take full responsibility being the newest member, and that's all I'll have to <laughs> you say. You don't need to do that, but uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, we just worked on it for a long time, and, and then Robbie, you know, started adding like backing vocals, and we got to add more guitars, and then Matt started doing kind of like more interesting stuff with the bass and. This was, I would say, I will say that's probably the first song we wrote together as a band with Matt on drums and Matt on bass. So it's kind of significant in that sense. Okay. Um, yeah. That's but yeah, I liked song. it and I knew I knew I liked it. And I played it like solo a couple times. So I knew it was worth keeping around and I, I held on to it for a while. Very cool. So let's uh, let the folks hear this one. This is I Think You've Earned It by Nora Marks.
getting back to the overarching um, sort of theme of the album, then it's just really a collection of songs that you all have collaborated on. Um, as you were saying before, they were all actually written before the pandemic hit, um, and you really were just able to kind of put the final polish on them and record everything. Um, and, and you know, it, again, it's admirable that like you guys are able to work together that well. Because um, I was going to ask, like, okay, does this, you know, things kind of come fully formed from one person of the band, but you just all kind of pass it around like a, like uh, the bottle, you know? Well, I don't think he'll take credit for it, but Mike is really the kind of figurehead of the band. Yeah, you're our uh, leader. Well, figurehead is a bad word. Cause He's that the means... guy on the internet. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he did say that before you, before you came back. He said, he said like, that about you. Yeah. Like, I'm not ashamed to admit that, like, half the guitar parts on this album are written by him. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't write them. I just learned them and can play them well. Um, and so, like, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's his baby. It's his third baby. <laughs> but it was his first baby. Right. Anyway. Uh, but, but yeah, he's, uh, but in no way does, does he feel like ownership of the band and, like, this is my band and I'm going to take all the, you know, rights to all these songs. It, it, he is very democratic. And th yeah. that, that's part of the reason that I've been collaborating with him. Because you all have a stake in each tune. You have a little bit of ownership. Right, yeah, of course. Right. Exactly. That. And that's great. And, like, to kind of tie back into, like, you know, the democraticness, it's like, that's the thing is, like, when Matt came in, you know, it was, we didn't have a bass player. And I, I'm very, like, nervous around new people. And, like, instantly he clicked. It was it was this really nice moment of, ah. <laughs> It was this really Took a nice. a minute, Rob. Don't lie. No, not at all. Like, like I knew that first practice. I was like, "Shit, this guy's fucking." <laughs> I'm gonna see this guy every week now. Uh, and I'm it's washing stuff. It's it, it was it. He brought just as much collaboration, and and I come from an acting background, so it's like. Right collaborating with other artists is like my bread and butter. And right. so like finding a good collaborator, and you have to be able to read that person too, for to make it work. Exactly. There's no wall. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. And you, you can't lie about it either. Right. Yeah. Um, pretty one dimensional and transparent. So it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty glaring. Yeah. No offense. But, and, and yeah. again, they were also very welcoming. Yeah. And I also just, I just understand, I think what, I just understand what they were going for beforehand because I, I had actually seen them perform before right. and knew already kind of what I was getting myself into. So I was a little familiar, but I also I knew what I could bring and I knew that I had I, I knew I, I knew I already liked them already. <laughs> I know it's cute. It is making me blush now. <laughs> Good. So. Um Michael, with you and your brother um, being in a band together, are there any odd Oasis type moments that erupt? <laughs> we're pretty. We're no, I don't want to say odd. Good. Uh, By odd, I mean drunken or my, or violent or. Not violent. I mean, you, you said you're Irish, and you know. That's a good point. We're. Right. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty soft, so it doesn't happen too often. I think Matt, overall, uh, with all three of us, feels like the little brother of the band. Okay. And I, I think uh, if he were here, he would say he probably gets picked on the most. But he's also the drummer, so it's like when right. he fucks up, everyone knows. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, but he doesn't fuck up that much. That's we love you, Matt. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's like when he screws something up, we have to be like, oh, Matt, that's like not quite the right part. And whatever else does, it's kind of like you can kind of gloss over it a little bit. Right. Uh, but no. It is a lot of, uh, especially because he lives with me now, so we drive home from practice. Oh like, dear! Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's always like, "Yeah, I saw you look at me during that one song." But uh, so there's like this like deeper level like, rehearsal <laughs> yeah, yeah. analysis that happens. But the basis, uh, the so. important part is, yeah, it's like when we are hitting it though, that does feel. Right. That's when I feel the most connected to him, and that's I, and cool. it does feel. You do feel that that brother connection. It's it's more powerful as a positive. Oh, absolutely. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we love you, Matt. We do. <laughs> Very cool. Let's talk about the ballad of the surfing cowboy. Just the, the, the title of itself. Just, <laughs> well, where, where well, do you want to go with this one? I'll, you go to you talk about surfing cowboy. I can talk about. Well, you know, right. I, I, I've always felt like the the soul, like the mascot of the band, is like a surfing cowboy. It's Why? Like a, uh, the name uh, of the band is Nora Marks. <laughs> I understand, but like the way that I've always seen the band, and I've, I've explained this before, is that it's like a horse on a surfboard. <laughs> it's something 
that like you're like why is this happening i kind of want to watch what's happening but there's why like an existential thing going on yeah 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 right. there, there's there's a bit of you know yeah. uh absurdism and like it's a touch right but like we the influences that we carry it's very like punk and we all kind of actually like surf music a lot and then that's a fact I, I, I that come actually I want to rewind on my like you guys' earlier stuff being punk as fuck. There's like a couple of little weird like organy sounds mm-hmm. that like yes. Once you so said it. surf music, I'm like yeah. the organs and then all that all those like surf rocks. Like, that that was a lot of right. yep. That was all Robbie. That's that that okay. was like his. So you're bringing well, the Dick Dale influence. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, bringing yes. the Dick. Matt's bringing the I'm Dick. Bringing it out of you. I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing like the. We call that Owens. big Dick energy. I believe. <laughs> big Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Big Matt bringing the big dick energy. Space <laughs> players first, go deeper. Not the first time, not the last time. All right, folks. How about it? Uh, <laughs> all right, so back to the horse on the surface. <laughs> no, but no, well, we're sober, folks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, so no, but Matt has definitely brought out more of the like surf rock. Okay. Kind of vibes. It's a nice flavor. Yeah. I was I was bringing more of like this country twangy vibe like a rockabilly sensibility almost mm. yeah yes buck owens yeah. kind of like you know just uh, uh fucking what's his name like uh george jones yeah like i love that shit i listen to that all the time and i feel like yeah it's the one genre of music where you can be like sad and people don't mock you for it yeah. Like with emo, there's no irony in country. Exactly, music. it's like this is why I'm sad. Right, and like you and can fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me another drink. Fuck right. you. Right, you can talk openly about drinking and smoking and being a right. shithead. Right, and and right. Like, that's a good thing. Exactly, and like it's it's something that I feel that like. Yeah. Yeah, it's but like tone wise, yeah, I it's want punk's grandpa. I, my first yeah. my first pedal that I bought was a trem pedal. Yep. <laughs> oh wow. Actually, Whatever reason. Perfect segue. Yeah. yeah. So the song started when I was really into Leonard Cohen, and I was oh. playing this like sort of finger picked melody. <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's, it's fun. Well, we're all <laughs> this, over the map. Tonight, this sort folks. of finger picked melody on my guitar because I was listening to a lot of his early albums. And then uh, we did a band practice. Something something. This something is <laughs> Exactly. Right. That's what I was really into. Yeah. Yeah. And this was maybe. This is before the Leap Day show, so January or December. I was like, let's try this. Let's try this song. Let's play this. And then uh, they were like, dude, this sounds exactly like Superman or Kryptonite, whatever that song is, by Three Doors Down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, we can't do that. So um, <laughs> Matt said, put a capo on it, and, uh, and then we turned it to a major key. And then we started jamming again, and then Robbie, with his trim pedal, starts playing that lead guitar part. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, it's the song. So um, So that's where the visual is starting to make sense yeah, now. Okay. Exactly, yeah. So then we just then I just sat, I went to Kopi uh, Traveler's Cafe in Andersonville, shout out. Yep. And I hit my weed pen, and I ordered a bunch of coffee, and I there sat there and wrote out the lyrics for it, and that was pretty much the song, yeah. Uh, the other thing that, was, that changed was also listening to someone talk about the band Jawbreaker and... Okay. How their uh, their drums kind of drove a lot of their their changes. Like the songs kind of yeah. stayed the same. So we gave that note to my brother, and that's where like sort of the bridge comes from. Okay, and that's what that song is basically like, that combination of things. Yeah, and then I I did have the title before I wrote the lyrics because I remember I just felt like that sounded like the surfing cat. That was that that song felt like it captured that concept to me the best. So uh, I I started with the title and then I wrote the lyrics kind of from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a fever dream from Robbie at all. Well, Rob, the whole the whole concept. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there the kind of is like this overarching yeah. thing though, where we have like there maybe is this idea of like this surfing cowboy that exists right. in another realm. It's funny until it's something to 
How did you guys end up working with Take a Hike Records to put the album out? We were doing a podcast last December, Ox Populi, and I was kind of prepping to yep. be on it. So I like listened to a few episodes, and um, I knew I knew I'd heard of the Weekend Run Club. Yeah. Um, but as I was like listening to episodes of people I knew, they would reference bands I knew, and it was kind of like yeah. I was springboarding around, and I was painting my kitchen because we were trying to sell our condo at the time. So I was really focused on that and listening to podcasts. I was I would listen to like three or four podcasts a day basically while I was doing that, and. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know what happened. You know, connect, somehow I connected when they started to take a hike uh, on the internet with them. And um, once we started doing this, yeah, I just had a feeling that that was kind of a good fit. Um, okay. So I reached out to them. I sent them all the demos we'd recorded in our practice space, which, to be honest, sound, sounded better than, like, the shit we actually recorded and released, I think, in some ways. But, like, uh, we recorded those and sent them out. Um, and we knew we were, like, investing in this in, in time and money. and, right. and so. They, they responded, I think, the same day. They were just so enthusiastic, and um, they also got it. You know, the way Matt's talking about it, they just started referencing bands that we you had know. literally, you know, referenced, yeah, as we were planning to do this. And it right. um, uh, just clicked, and dude, it's just, um, yeah, it's even better than I thought it was going to be, uh, because not only do they work really hard, and they're really smart, and they know, they're very savvy, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And, in a way that's like embarrassing because I don't know how old they are, but they've got to be like in their early mid twenties. Yeah, they're young. <laughs> we are old motherfucking dudes, so so they they show us up <laughs> all the time. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I, I got like another like your your separation from them. <laughs> Add that that that's like okay. I'm looking at you guys like you guys are still in your thirties. Okay, uh, but yeah, they're I, I, what she's well, both her and Haley. I mean, just the amount what they produce on their own with OK Cool mm-hmm. and Weekend Run Club, who I found out because I was actually at the same studio that they were at when oh, they were recording cool. their stuff for my band. Um, but she doesn't sleep. Neither yeah. of them do. <laughs> and and, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're running respect. a lead. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. And they have the energy and the drive. And to your point about the savvy, is, is that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're just they're just so cool too. I mean, on top they of are. all, like they're people I would hang out with there's outside no, of all this. No yeah. Ego. Yeah. Same kind of thing with Cat and Tony from Broken Robots. It's like it's yeah. really just the at the end of the and that's really I feel like the what's cool about this band too is like it really is more about the personalities I think at the end of the day than anything. Right. And, and the clout. Yes, exactly. More yeah. important than the clout. Yeah, for the sure. clout thing's great, I guess. But one thing that's also really made me extra involved in wanting to be with everyone is is it's more about. These are people that I want to hang out with. Yeah. These are people that like we want to share meals with. We just want to yuck it up. And right. even if we're not talking about music, we're talking about stuff that we care about, and we all get along. And that's also that's real huge. important. Yeah, that's huge. It is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, um, it's I, like a fun, I, I would a argue, fun job. I would argue um, that's as, as important as having a musical chemistry. If you're if you're going to be in a band. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're more democratic oriented, so it sounds like such a political thing. No, it's <laughs> or if you're more a group identity oriented, I guess I could say, like, a, you know, um, where you want to share, like, the work, but also share the ownership with the band. That's kind of a paramount thing because e- there's no place for ego in any of that, you know. Um, I think that's something we all do. We all have big yeah. egos, but we know how to project them outside the band, I think, a little yeah. bit. Would you be, guys like unite like Voltron and like become like, uh, like, yeah, the Nora Marx. My reference would be the the I'm Megazord, old. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get it. Right? My old man reference. Yeah, that's good. That's Thanks, good. Gramps. Right, yeah. That's cool. Way to insult the host, Michael. Jag off. I just think Megazords are funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's cool. I, I caught the reference. My son watches that stuff too, man. God damn it. Mine too. I got the I got the whole like '90s series Power Rangers on DVD to make my yeah. three-year-old watch it, whether yes. he likes it or not. <laughs> He's just gonna like it. <laughs> exactly. It's the same trope with Gen Xers. With my kid's got Slayer onesies. Like, <laughs> your kid doesn't even know what Slayer is. Right. No. <laughs> but trio, but yeah. that's cool to you and your friends. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rain, it's just, it's just rain the, and blood is a great lullaby. That's for the yeah. that's for the cloud for sure. That's, that's, that's for when you're <laughs> breastfeeding, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
put that on. It's calming. <laughs> it's calming. It's calming. <laughs> and then as far as how you're releasing the album, um, so obviously people can get it digitally everywhere. Um, are you guys doing a vinyl release? We're going to make cassettes. You guys are cool. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, vinyls are a lot, a lot of, of fun. Money. Yeah. If enough people buy cassettes, maybe then we you can, can afford, afford maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> we right. did, we didn't want to go all in. We got a lot of shirts, and we yeah. have other fun merch and stickers and this and that. And I feel like that was right. a really good foot in the door type of tactic. And this is for, all stuff that's just Nora Marks or with the album coming out that you're going to have as well as uh, our swag and merch? Or? A lot of it's related, but we have... Some of the merch is like different designs. We want right. to we want to vary it up, and I think depending on how it sells, you know, what I mean, like if it right. seems like there's a market for it, we'll probably branch out into other but stuff. But you, so you're gonna do a cassette release, which yeah, it'll be it'll be on all stream, you know, yeah, most all streaming th- platforms, all the ones that I think can think of, and then <laughs> you know, on Bandcamp, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the cassette thing we we kind of went back and forth with, but yeah, even if someone's hot it right great. now, right? Like if I if I had my druthers, yeah. I would. Yeah, do you guys actually own a cassette deck to play the thing? No, I, I do. That's okay. I do. Yeah. All right. I have respect for you. We'll go over to his I, place and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's my whole thing. One, like yeah. I grew up with cassettes. And yeah. what was your first cassette you ever bought? Uh, Dio's Holy Diver. No oh, way. Yeah, All right. <laughs> Mine was Huey Lewis Greatest Hits. That's embarrassing. No, no man. There's cool some too. good jams on that. Okay, good. You're right. I Weird Al, Bad Hair Day. Weird Al's Gold. Jimmy Buffett. That's a good one. Too. I, I Jimmy had Buffett. That one. Yeah, I had a Jimmy I Buffett. I my bike cassette. Yeah. That cassette. <laughs> Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Holy Diver's yeah. fucking great. Holy Diver's. All right, let's um, bring it back to the present and get out of the 80s, and let's talk about the last song we're going to feature tonight. This is Too Much History. Uh, give me the background on this track. Well, my brother wrote that song, yeah. Oh, oh, so, <laughs> uh, No, 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 but it's cool. Well, let's uh, not talk about He that. gave me a couple, he gave me some lyrics. This was a thing we'd done a bit, and a couple of our old songs were written like this. So he gave me lyrics, and I put chords to it. And then I do remember me and him kind of finishing the lyrics together um, at his old apartment. But uh, putting the song together was really a, a band effort. So I'll, I, the, I will say quickly so they, they, they can talk about it. You Matt guys are super democratic, by the way. <laughs> to a fault, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? That's, that's good. Um, very quick Matt point. wrote the sort of whole outro to that song, and Robbie did okay. a lot of like the important work inside uh, in terms yeah. of like melodies and harmonies. So I'll kind of let them talk about that part. Okay. This, I think the song sprung up because of the lyrics first, and then we kind of – it was like a off with their heads – Midwest punk song at first, okay. and then we wanted to throw in like a, we wanted to like throw a curveball at the end. Yeah, yeah, and that was sort of like and again, a little brand new influence there. And I don't know, I feel like it almost has like a forgive me, but a little Blink One Eighty Two influence there. Which again, a, I always say Manchester Orchestra for that. Yeah, okay, there we go. That's better. Whatever. Both <laughs> important bands. Both bands I've listened to a bunch of times. I'm not embarrassed about either. I'm not and yeah. I think that, um, yeah, that's another one that was like, we have these songs that are like full collaborative efforts yeah. and the lyrics come first and there's maybe a tune and then we all kind of like figure it out together and then we fine tune it from there. And that's like, that's an encouraging. Yeah. Very, so yeah, that's, very much that's so. A, yeah. Democratic almost to a fault though. But yeah. that, that one works out because it's a, it's a, an ending that. I guess fits, but that's just like, you know, well, right. and throw it on its head. Yeah. Whatever. When, when Matt kind of explained like what the song was about again, like I didn't hear the lyrics until we started recording it. But yeah. Like when he kind of explains like, Oh, this is what the song is about. I'm like, Oh, so it's just like kind of working a shitty day. And then at the end of the day, like you kind of have that like 10 minutes before you go to bed where you, yeah, you exactly. kind of, you like have that release or whatever. Right. We've all had shitty jobs. Oh yeah. And I know and we all that have. Song's about and, and and that's yeah. yeah. You, you get that little bit. You get that. You yeah. get that little bit of me time before you either have to sleep and go back and do it again. And that's just sort of like that. That here's why I'm fucking mad. And you know what? I'm able to serenity now for just a little <laughs> bit, if I may. Frank Costanza. Very Tell nice. us everything we did.
Michael, Matt, Robbie, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, good you. luck thank with you. your release show. Thank you, thank you. And uh, yeah, everybody can check out uh, all the stuff what you got going on for your release and uh, the links for all that at rockinchicago.org. Thank you so much. Cheers, for guys. Yeah, thank you. Normark's put out a really killer video for their second single off of Opt Out. I think you've earned it. That is on uh, rockinchicago.org with this podcast episode as well. And um, you can also uh, check them out if you're going to be in the city October 2nd. Their release show is at Golden Dagger. They're going to be performing with Broken Robots and the god-awful Small Affairs. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, be kind to each other. Cheers.